One of the things that happened to us in Canada is that uh, my iPad was stolen. And in it, I had all my messages and everything. And uh, so I have to use my computer now to uh, try to capture my messages. So just give us a little bit of air to get something up. Isaiah 
was on his social media uh, platform in here today talking about similar issues. The social, the political, the religious, and all those challenges that he was facing, we too are facing. Begs the question, is there anything new under the sun? As Ecclesiastes says. And so this is what he saw. Just a young man. In his day and age, who was concerned about the situation of his nation and of his people. And he says, Hear, O heavens, listen, O earth, the Lord has spoken. I've reared up children and bought them out, but they have rebelled against me. Listen how he describes this next part here. He says, look, the ox knows its master, the donkey its owner's manger, but my people Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Woe to the sinful nation, a people whose guilt is great, a brood of evildoers, children given to corruption. One of the things that I've enjoyed over, over my life, one of the first political speeches I heard was actually by Gary Foley. And I used to get up there and watch him. And he never had any notes. But as he spoke, he was an orator. He, he, as he spoke, I thought, man, this guy must be reading my mind. Because what he was saying was what I was feeling and thinking. I thought, wow, this is powerful. And there were others throughout history too in our country, like William Cooper. You read his speeches, and they echoed the sentiments that I had felt. And I thought, wow, this is our people saying these things. And I wondered, what about the rest of Australia? Could they echo the sentiments that I'm feeling? And back in 1992, it happened. I was invited to Redfern Park when Paul Keating came there to give his speech. And if you read that speech, you begin to realise that Paul Keating saw the situation, just like Gary Foley, just like William Cooper, just like Isaiah. And uh, one of the passages that I'll read from his speech is just like reading Isaiah chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. And he says there in his speeches, and as I say, the starting point might be to recognise that the problem that starts with us non-Aboriginal Australians, it begins, I think, with that act of recognition, recognition that it was we who did the dispossessing. We who did the cheating. We who took the traditional lands and smashed the traditional way of life. We brought the diseases, the alcohol. We committed the murders. We took the children from their mothers. We practiced discrimination and exclusion. It was our ignorance and our prejudice and our failure to imagine these things being done to us 
with some noble exceptions, we failed to make the most basic human response and enter into their hearts and minds. We failed to ask, how would I feel if this were done to me? And as a consequence, we failed to see that what we were doing degraded all of us. And if you read his speech, read for that, it was a very powerful speech, but he saw the situation. He was aware of the situation. He described it so eloquently and so beautifully for us. And so we see here in Isaiah's call, he can see the situation both the political, the social, as well as the religious in his community. And I know our youth today see and experience so much. If Paul Keating's speech was today, or even Isaiah was before us, he'd be talking about the climate crisis. He'd be talking about racism. He'd be talking about the high incarceration rates of our people and that crisis that's there. He'd be talking about deaths in custody. He'd be talking about trauma and suicide and mental and emotional health, anxiety and depression. He'd still be talking about justice and injustice. He'd be talking about, please, let's raise the age for imprisoning young Aboriginal children from at least up to 14, from 10 years of age. This is the situation that our young people are seeing today. Our young Isaiahs are living in our country, seeing the situation and they're spreading it through our social media networks, as well as sometimes even in our marches. And so Isaiah saw the situation. And he was deeply concerned. And then we see in Isaiah this movement from seeing the situation. An incident happened in Israel that, that triggered him to go into the temple to pray. It was a death of his uncle, his cousin, a wonderful king, who started his reign at 16 years of age. You know, I think he reigned for about 52 years, but he was a good king. He started a lot of reforms in his country. And for me personally, I saw the same thing in the Hawke Keating and the Keating government. Seeing these reforms, you know, we had ADSEC back then, we had this kind of democratic processes that we were adjusting to. And we were going somewhere. And we were excited about that. I was. But like Isaiah, it's when this king died, it seems like his hopes died with it. And so we find him in the temple praying. What can I do? Where can I go? He's probably asking the Lord, what are you going to do about this? I know I've prayed many, many times along those lines and I still do. I don't know how we're going to solve some of these incredible crises that we face as a nation and as a people. But for Isaiah, when this 
When his uncle passed on, this good king, Uzziah, passed on, his hopes died with him, and he went into the temple to pray. And while he was in the temple, he saw the Lord. He saw the Lord of, the, of that over the situation. He saw him high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple, and he saw the holiness of God, the incredible sacredness of who he is. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And it's interesting to see in this particular passage that the whole earth was filled with his glory, yet this evil that he had seen, the social conditions, the political conditions, the incredible environmental crisis and all other crises that he saw was still there even though the glory was there. It seems for us also that, you know, one of my favourite passages in the Gospels is John 1.14. It says there that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten Son. One of my favourite passages. It seems like this is what Isaiah saw. The glory of God in amongst all of this mess was there with him. The word became flesh and dwells among us. Yes, we've got all these situations and all these challenges and all these issues. But we need to see the glory of God amongst it all. And so he saw the situation. He saw the Lord. But then as we go on in the story, he saw himself. And all he could say was, woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. For I've seen the glory of God now. And I'm not worthy. I'm not ready. I'm not prepared to do anything about it because I have got I'm part of the problem I'm not part of the solution yet and so as we see in the story here those angels came and they put these tongues on his these fires of coal on his lips to clean him to cleanse him to make him pure to prepare him to make him ready to be the servant that God wanted to use this was the moment when Isaiah, when God was saying to Isaiah, son, it's time to get up, it's time to show up. It's time to get ready. Time to speak up. And so Isaiah got up. And for all of us who are followers of Jesus, we know that moment. That moment when we came to the foot of the cross. That moment when we came to realise that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. The glory of the only begotten Son. And when we're at the foot of the cross and at and at the sight of his resurrection, we know who Jesus is. 
We know who Jesus is. And for me, as for many of us here, we know then it's time that we can be prepared to do something about the situation, that we can get up, stand up, show up. So the cross helps us to get to that situation where we can prepare ourselves and equip ourselves and make ourselves worthy of the work that God has called us to, the cross and the resurrection, as well as the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I know for me, I came from a drug addiction to now stand before you here at St. John's in this pulpit. It was a journey, still is. But then I don't have to only look at myself, I can look at many of you here, look at our minister, Mark, an atheist. And now, because of the cross, because of his resurrection, because of the Holy Spirit, because of his word, leads us into becoming his disciples and following him. Yes, Mark sees the situation, just like me, just like Jesus, just like Isaiah. He saw the situation. He saw the Lord. But also saw himself as part of the problem and part of the solution. Finally, we see here that when he's seen all of these situations, saw the situation, saw the Lord, saw himself, then he heard. It seems like his ears were open. And he says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who's going to go? Who shall I send? Who will get up, show up, stand up? Who? It's as if in this little part of the story that Isaiah is eavesdropping on the big council of God and he's listening at the door. Here's here's the... uh, the wise counsel of the Godhead saying, look, we've got a problem down there, but who can we send to help out? Who's going to be willing to do this? And it's like Isaiah opened the door and said, here am I. Why don't you send me? Why don't you send me? I'll have a go at it. I'll have a go. And I guess that's our challenge today too. Whether we will get up, stand up, show up, speak up. Actions sometimes speak louder than words. But when Isaiah, as with myself and many others like Mark here, when we found our calling, when we heard his call, we obeyed. And from that moment on, we had a different boss. We had a different leader. We were listening to a different voice. Yes, we could hear the voice of the people. Yes, we could hear the voice of the government. We could hear all those other voices. But there was distinctly another voice, and that was the voice of our Creator, the voice of God. A different boss created a different path for us, A different agenda, a different task, a different partnership, 
and a different lifestyle. And as you read in this passage too, it's very interesting that even after he had heard all of these things, God said to him, you know, he said, by ever hearing, but never understanding, be by ever seeing, but never perceiving, make the heart of this people calloused, make their ears dull, and close their eyes, otherwise they might not see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Gee, we've got a big task ahead of us, haven't we? Haven't we? I know when Keating was deposed by Howard, those Howard ears for me were very, very challenging and very difficult. And I was trying to lead the Sorry Day Committee at that time, the National Sorry Day Committee, just to get an apology. It seems like he avoided or did not want to hear the voice of the former Prime Minister and the Redfern speech. I encourage you to read that speech. It is a very powerful speech. It's speaking directly to our nation even today. It's like the voice of this young Isaiah speaking into this particular political, social and religious situation that we face even here in Australia and around the world. But also in your reading, you can get depressed. You can think, okay, nothing's going to change. But just remember Isaiah, that he saw the Lord. Remember us too, like Mark and myself and so many others. We saw the glory of God, the Word became flesh, dwelt among us in the cross, in the resurrection, and in the sending of His Holy Spirit, as well as in His Word. And we said, Yeah, Lord, send me. Send me. My preference would be, personally, that I'd be up home there in Cairns there, going fishing. But the Lord calls when the Lord calls. Your response then and your responsibility to heed that call is left to you. And I pray that this morning from our NADOC theme and from our sermon this morning, message this morning, that you will learn to get up, stand up, show up, speak up, and do all that is necessary in your power to ensure that our community lives under the reign, the supreme reign of our Father in heaven. And if you want an indication of what you can achieve through that, then read Hebrews like we did this morning. Because all of those incredible men did it all by faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please our Creator. Will the Lord bless you. Amen.